Welcome to Lockheed Martin Spacemakers. We live happily well beyond the bounds of gravity. In Season 2, we explore Lockheed Martin's bold vision of a future that we call Space 2050. We're working on habitation technologies to protect people, whether it's in orbit, whether it's on the moon or on Mars. The end isn't even Mars. To me, the goal is the edge of the known universe. Because getting there is just the beginning. Everybody, this is part three in our step parent parent podcast, um, and we really are going to pick up from where we left off in step parent part one. So I really would recommend you go back to that one because we had basically in that one talked about how when we first met, how I felt about Mark having children already. Um, we talked about how he might have felt if I'd had children when we met. And we'd taken it right up to the point where I was getting to know Mark's daughter, Izzy, who was eight years old. But as I say, go back to Step Parent Part 1 so that you know where we're at. So at this point, I have met Izzy. Um, and at the end of this podcast... We're also going to be looking at yeah. some of your comments that you made at the bottom of Step Parent Part 1 yeah. and answering some of them. So uh, we always some really, read all some really of them. valid points mm. in there, so we really wanted to pick Talk up about on those. Yeah. Oh, and we do always read all the comments. We love getting the comments, don't we? Yeah. Obviously, we can't answer them because we we're try. across so many different social media platforms and with our other jobs and the kids and the dogs <clears> and the home educating and everything, so we can't have time. And I, I do feel bad about that, but... Um, Rest assured, we do read them, and we will now, at, on every podcast, answer some questions. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. So do you want to take off, Mark? Well, just to recap, we were kind of at the point where me and Nadia had, had met, and because things happened so quickly, we were only sort of three or four months into our relationship, at which point Izzy met you, and we had kind of started to talk about Izzy, but we hadn't really started to talk about Fleur. And, of course, the difference there was that when I met Nadia... Uh, Izzy was about eight and Fleur was about three. Um, the conditions, the circumstances of our, my relationship with the parents of Izzy and Fleur were considerably different at the time. The mothers. Um, so my relationship with Izzy's mum, I would think it was fair to say and uncontentious to say it sort of completely broken down. Whereas my relationship with Fleur's mum was far more agreeable insofar as we talked and we could see Fleur together. We used to all sit and have lunch and glasses of wine. Yeah, so I remember those first instances of you meeting Fleur were us and Fleur's mum all meeting at restaurants for lunch and sort of, and that felt like a very preferable sort of slow dissolve into Fleur coming to terms with me having you and, and you getting to know Fleur and it, it you know I would I suppose I'd say as a, a line of advice is if you can avoid the circumstances where there's absolutely no ability to sort of settle your children into meeting your new partner um you know without a parent there I, you know it, it's much more preferable if you if you can do it with with with, with the mother of the child I mean it was it was much more preferable because mm. you knew that they also had the support network of mum Mm. as well as obviously the support of me mm. in the situation and that meant you could kind of come at it sort of more objectively but I, I, I mean, think I'm saying really, that I don't know uh, how it was for you just sitting here thinking about it I think it was really incredible of Fleur's mum to meet with us and 
because at the time I really wasn't aware what a three-year-old actually meant no. because I hadn't had a baby by then. But when I think back to now and when Maddie or Kiki were three, oh my God, to think to have to meet somebody else and be with them and be around, because obviously you two weren't together when no. we met. But still, it must have been really hard for her, and I really admire her for doing that. And it mm. was really important, I think. And it, we had some really nice times. Mm. And I don't. I hope Flo remembers that. I don't know if she does. We'll have yeah. to ask her. But yeah. that was really nice. Yeah. And then getting to know Fleur was an odd thing because she was so much younger. So we weren't having her overnight, were we? No. She would just come for an afternoon, and she was such a funny little girl, wasn't she? She just used to talk like no. that all the time. I went. I don't want a present. Can I have chocolate? And it used to be awful because she would always come straight in and ask me for chocolate. Yeah. And I felt awful because I didn't want to be that kind of stepmom that just gives you loads of chocolate yeah. to win you around. And, and I didn't know what, what her mum's um, sort of rules and regulations were on food. And But there was this unbelievably cute child just saying, can you give me chocolate? <coughs> chocolate. And so I just used to give it to her. Well, Sorry. I mean, you know, the backstory to Fleur and Izzy, because they were both from separate mothers, uh, was that I'd spent a great amount of time trying to facilitate contact and time between them both prior to us meeting. So there would be many weekends where, uh, you know, access would be with both of them. I mean, it was heinously complicated. Mm. And But it, again, going back to Step Parent Part 1 podcast, it was really important to me that I wanted Izzy to feel like she had a sister, even though she didn't live with her, and I, I wanted Fleur to know she had an older sister. So, you know, I mean, I was trying to achieve kind of the impossible as an absent dad to both kids. So then when we met and we were together, I mean, the opportunity began to arise that there was going to be a shared space, a shared consistent space emotionally as well as physically where they could both come. And I, I hoped at the time, I, you know, as we moved into our relationship, I thought, well, you know, this will be a chance for them to develop their sisterly relationship. Mm. And this was before even the concept of us having Maddie, although Maddie was very, very quickly on the horizon. Because mm. when we got married, you were pregnant. You know, it's funny, all through my life, I would say something that has been sometimes a very negative thing in my character, I think has been very positive by the luck of gods in my step-parenting in that when I met these girls as with so much else in my life I didn't really think beyond the moment I'm a very in the moment person mm. so because I wasn't thinking about oh my god what will this be like in a year and what will the complications be and mm. how will they grow up and how will it affect my children I, I was just always just in that moment mm. I didn't think too far ahead which is I should think in some ways they've suffered, as all our children have suffered with that, in that I'm not a great planner, I'm not very organised, I'm not um, I'm not really... God, what's the word? I'm not a forward planner, no. and I'm not a forward thinker, am I? No. I mean, I really am always just... You're never six months ahead. I'm just in the day. I'm just in the day. And I do think, by default that actually worked really well. Because mm. I think if I'd really thought about the enormity of it all, I mm. might have felt quite overwhelmed with it. Mm. But I was just like, oh, aren't these children delightful? Oh, they can come over and they can play. But maybe I was a bit simple. Oh, you know, it'd be really nice with my nephews who live next door. And oh, it's just an extended family. And we'll just see how it goes. And it'll probably all be fine. Um, 
but but it was incredibly taxing at the same time. It was really, really, really hard. And how? Because was... we were in a new relationship. Yeah. And and yet there was this. For want of a better word, because I hate it when people say it, baggage, because I think baggage is what makes us who we are. I don't really want anyone without any baggage, because where's the interest? But there was a lot of emotional baggage, because you were quite a mess emotionally, and then you had this, you know, very contentious relationship with Izzy, your eldest mother, which was just omnipresent. Mm. Um... And yet, there I was, merrily going, oh, well, today it's all right. <laughs> but it, I suppose we're, under, we're underplaying. It's that funny thing, isn't it? When you look back, you look at all of the positive moments and all the positive experiences. But, I mean, it was quite intense. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, the girls weren't here all the time. They were very clearly delineated periods of time. And quite early on in our relationship, mm. I think one of the biggest things that was a sort of challenge to... The step parenting setup, if you like, was Izzy moving out of London and down to down to Somerset, and that was a major sort of blow emotionally, and it was a huge adjustment that I felt I had to make, and all of the kind of emotional upheaval that I felt about that really ran into our relationship quite badly. Oh, I mean, the most dreadful of times, mm, mm. dreadful of times, because I mean, I remember just, do you remember we were in Cornwall when we found out that mm. she was actually going to be moving? so far away I mean, we don't want to say the locations we shouldn't say the locations but if you imagine Mark used to be able to go and pick her up within 45 minutes for her weekend access and now it could be anything between 3 to 6 hours depending on the traffic on a Friday evening to pick her up so there was a sort of there was another element of stress that was placed on top of an already quite stressful situation I wouldn't go back to that time for anything it was just so traumatic mm. how we stayed together through that period of time I'll, I'll never but then within I mean if you think back to what we were going through you had, you then had, were having Maddie you, well we had Maddie prior to, to, to Izzy moving I mean I seem to remember the early years of Fleur coming being relatively straightforward I mean mm. she would come pretty frequently she'd come every well she weekend. was very much younger she didn't yeah. have the complications of having met lots of other girlfriends no. like Izzy did no she didn't at all Izzy was she was a baby, she was three, so she mm. would come here, she'd get Jaffa cakes and loads of toys and people would throw her around and play with her, so she well, was, I mean, she I was do, really happy. Yeah, and I do remember the one time when we began to wonder whether she was wanting to come or not was because your nephew Finley had bashed her head against a wall. And, yeah, we didn't and know that. we didn't that. know about this. And then she started to go, I, I used to go and pick her up and she'd come in the car and she would be sort of so badly asleep in the back of the car. Pretending. Doing this, opening her eyes. And I she didn't know what to say to She didn't know what to say to him because, because Finn, bless him, was just coming along like well, I don't think it's just Finn. I think the thing is, being a stepchild is incredibly difficult. No. It, it's, it's, I wouldn't wish it on anyone to be taken from one house that runs so differently mm. to the house you're going to. You have to fit in with all these people... You know, and, and and this was a chaotic hippie house where mm. the place was a mess. And both the children, I gather, I mean, we don't know because we've never been into their homes, lived in a very sort of organised, immaculate house where 
you could almost hear the clock ticking and we just didn't have that sort of house. It must have been so hard for them to adjust. I mean, I think... I mean, they would arrive with five minutes they didn't know where any of their stuff was. Well, they used to say it's quite nice when we just hurl our bag around and not really care about it. But, <laughs> but, I mean, I do think that that is a stress on a step, on a blended family, is how the rhythm of two different households, the rhythm of each house bleeds into the other house. So you get these transitions where I remember Izzy saying it and Fleur saying when she was a bit older that... They almost used to have to take a huge deep breath before they came to us. And then and, when they and went then back. before they went back. So, so it's almost See like, their little shoulders as, yeah. you, as they would go up to the step to go back into their homes. See their little shoulders tighten because, of course, there was going to be that moment on the doorstep when you and the mother would have that moment of prickle. Mm. And I'd be sitting in the car and I'd watch it and I'd want to always get out and bang both your heads together and go, for God's sake, can't you just pretend to like each other for three minutes so this child can get over the doorstep? Mm. Throw your arms around each other, give a big kiss, say, wow, thank you, oh, and have you had a great afternoon? And it was just always, all the crossovers were so cold Mm. and I just used to feel, oh, I used to be so sorry for everyone, the mother, you, the child... Mm. Because these aren't bad people with bad intentions, but no. everyone's just got so caught up with their side of the story. And there's this little child in the middle that's got to cross back and forth over this great big ocean almost. So, I mean, at that time when it was becoming choppier, because then things sort of became a little bit more aggravated between me and Fleur's mum, I won't go into the details of that, but it just became a bit more sort of. Things uh, broke down. Yeah, they know. broke down over a... For whatever reason, we weekend. won't talk about the reason. And at that point, I mean, I remember feeling very much like, oh my God, I'm, I'm fighting a losing battle with keeping both these kids in a positive frame of mind towards me and towards us at, at, at home. I mean, what was that like for you? Were you feeling... Oh, totally horrendous. It was always horrendous. Mm. It was always exhausting, exasperating. I would have walk around with just like churning <clears throat> in my guts. So would you dread them coming? No, never. Mm. So I would dread, I would my dread, no, what I would. did used to dread, and I got that sorted out with you, was this awful thing from about, well, from Sunday morning, you would start saying to me, oh God, I can't believe she's got to go back, I can't believe she's going to go back, and you would hide that from her. But by about two or three o'clock, you would start you and she would start sharing that back and forth with each other. And there was just this terrible sadness. The Sundays were always just like, just yeah. so downbeat. Were, and then you would have that. this incredible long journey to take her mm. back. And the poor child would be sick in the car and all of this. She didn't want to go. Who are you and, talking about? Izzy. Right. With the long journey and everything. Mm. She didn't want to go. Because usually there'd be a game going on with mm. all the other kids. Mm. Because my live next door to my sister and her... My nephews would be there, there and there'd usually be, life, there'd be some great big game going on in the garden mm. and poor old Izzy would have to get up at like three, four o'clock and you'd have to start the journey back, didn't mm. you? Mm. Very, yeah, horrible. Flat times. I mean, and, and, and I do remember it being hugely difficult, which again, there's another podcast where Izzy asks us some uncomfortable questions. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a follow-up to that. And uh, obviously we give Fleur the opportunity to ask us anything if she ever wanted to. But, um, but, so the difficult time was going on. 
But they were amazing times. We, every yeah. weekend they came. I mean, Izzy will say to us, her memories are really, really happy. Mm. And I feel that's brilliant. You know, mm. they she had this extended family. It was a chaotic house. There was lots of laughter and fun and singing and joking and mucking about and dancing and staying up till two o'clock in the morning. We had a great time, mm. but it was I, I was carrying a lot of what was going on underneath in my gut churning, churning, churning the whole time. But then, of course, so in a weird way, it was a sort of constant ebb and flow of that until really Izzy became a teenager, wasn't it? And then when mm. early teenage years kicked in with Izzy and then subsequently with Fleur, it was very challenging, mm. I'd have thought, as, as a blended family because... Suddenly, well, every every holiday was all, and I think we spoke about this in the podcast with Izzy. <clears throat> every single holiday abroad, yeah. Maddie and Kiki, and every visit when Izzy or Flo here, Maddie and Kiki would go onto the back burner. Yeah. So all their needs and wishes and everything would go on the back burner. Yeah. Because, and whether that's right or wrong, it just felt the right thing to do because these girls weren't hardly weren't getting to see enough of their dad so but I do wonder if one day in the future Maddie and Kiki will come to us and say we used to hate that well okay I was kind of jumping forward in age with, with Izzy and Fleur but I mean one of the things that a few people have asked about what was it like for Maddie principally because Maddie was there for those early years obviously for four or five years before Kiki came I mean is there a, quite a specific question? Not a specific question, yeah. but a few people have sort of said it must have been difficult for Maddie and Kiki, or you know, certainly Maddie yeah. in those early years, to uh, to sort of to understand what was going on. And I do remember them not really. I remember Maddie not understanding why Fleur and Izzy didn't live in the same house. Oh, remember, sorry, that's the dog. Yeah, she's a keen writer. <laughs> um, you know, and, well, and, I, you and know, I remember. Do you know what I remember vividly feeling when Maddie asked that question? I felt all the shame that we talked about in the last podcast about them both having different mums. I thought, how do I explain this to her without her worrying quite quickly? That her mums, why won't I be the same thing? Yeah. I mean, and I've who's going to be the next mum? Who's going to be the next mum? You know, if, if it, you know, they, she, she could see that I adored Izzy. She could see that I adored Fleur. I'll have to ask her if she ever felt that. Yeah, but maybe that's... You know what? Maybe we should ask her all these questions. Maybe that would have led to a level of anxiety that we've never really fully understood. But, you know, Maddie's whole personality, she's always been a really empathetic person. Mm. She never once complained the whole of her childhood Mm. about them taking over when they were here and them being very much the centre of attention and... Mm. I mean, maybe that was because she was quite fussed over and stuff, and maybe it was quite nice to just be able to step in the back and not step have a lot of attention. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but, you know, I do remember some of those early holidays, because the first holidays, was, you know, for anyone else out there who's watching with stepchildren, you know, holidays are a very difficult time, potentially, because, of course, you've got all of the contentiousness around when you're seeing them. You've also got the contrast of holidays, which is felt very keenly by the child and also by the other parent, mm, by the, the mum. The, the stepchild can feel guilty if they're going on a good Absolutely. holiday. And and that there, there broke were, my heart when I saw that in, in their eyes sometimes. Yeah, sometimes there would be many. And then there would be that odd situation where we would be buying presents for them to give to their extended family on their other side. And So you've got, you know, we would, we would as best as we could facilitate that as, as kindly as possible. That used to feel possible. odd sometimes because... I, w- I wanted us to be really generous and never say a bad word, whether about 
the other side of the family. So we would make a conscious effort, wouldn't we? And we'd go into the shops and mm. we'd buy, this is a present for your mum, present for your granddad, mm. present for this, present for that, present for each member of the family. Mm. And I hope, I hope they felt good about that. Because obviously... It was complicated for us because there was no relationship with the other no. side of the family. We didn't know no. anything about them. They wouldn't engage no. with us. And so, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'd love to ask Izzy and Flo how they feel about that because we don't know, do we? And I think that's another very hard part of bringing children up, which is for understandable reasons. There would be a great degree of privacy that both their mums wanted about their lives at home. Not that we wanted to be interested in, but the, in, in the natural chit-chat of knowing each other and relating to each other, you would share in what was going on in your life. It's totally insane they, to have a child that, that comes and lives with you for a period of time and know nothing but about there would, But their there would life. be times like that. And so it would be yeah. quite heartbreaking where, you, you know, I didn't have a sense or we didn't have a sense of how their days went or what their rooms looked like and we could never visit, you know, the idea that I'd never been into her room, you know, in the house that she lived in all of Oof. her childhood. And so, but I mean... You were an incredibly empathetic stepmother. Mm. You understood that. You didn't come from a position of, well, actually, you know, we've got. I mean, I could see how some stepmoms could be very sort of proprietorial about, well, you've got it here. I'm providing it for you. Mm. Therefore, don't miss it so much. But for me, it's just each child is so different and unique. It's not about one replaces another. You've got that. Mm. Whenever I have a positive experience with the girls, our girls, Maddie and Kiki, I'm thinking about the, the experience I didn't have with Izzy or Fleur. Mm. you know and sometimes obviously they were the same experiences that you have but I mean a small one for example was we never had Izzy for Christmas until she was 21 no Christmas no, no birthday. Christmas no Christmas no birthday and then it really dawned on me the year that we did see it's her for brutal. Christmas I mean that's brutal and that, that, that's hardcore yeah to not be allowed to have your child once for Christmas but without going into the sort of ways and whys and wherefores of why that happened it, you know uh, you were an incredibly empathetic partner and I'm, I'm very grateful for how you were throughout all that time because, you. you know, I don't think I've probably said it enough that, you know, so much of what I, we went through with the girls and obviously what I was going through with their, their mothers, you know, it, it would have broken many, many, many couples. And I know it came close to breaking us. I mean, you know, going back to some of the questions where people said, you know, Kate Kirkham's asked about the effect of the negativity of old relationships. You know, the negativity of the relationship between me and Izzy's mum and me and mm. Fleur's mum, how that can bleed into, and not only Very bleed wary. into the current relationship, but were there times where it made you think, I can understand why it was a nightmare for them? I mean, were there times in parenting where you'd kind of go, well, he's had two kids, he's, you know, he's got this situation, my God, yeah, I can, I can relate to that. But doesn't everybody say that? I mean, you, you, you can be with anyone and when they piss you off, you go, God, no wonder the no. last person broke up with but them. It's probably that's important to hear that most people do say that because I'm yeah. sure there'll be some people watching going, oh my God, that's been said to me and they, it, they might be holding oh, on God. to that. I mean, God, yeah. You've probably thought that a hundred times about me. Oh mm. my God, no wonder. Mm. Yeah, that's just normal. That's normal. But would we, you say the negativity of those relationships ever overwhelmed the relation, our relationship? Yeah. Yeah, I would. But I could see, and I'm picking my way carefully here, I wasn't going to have that happen. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, I think I worked really, really hard in helping you to get to a place of peace mm. 
and we got to a place of peace because you were so locked into the battle, the mm. battle of the custody, that that's what bleeds and destroys all the relationships. Mm. It's the battle of the custody, you know, the battle of... And, and I think I helped you find a way to, of acceptance that to keep having a fight was going to damage everyone, mm. the children, our relationship, and that in time all children grow up and you just show them that you've been generous, that you've been kind, that you haven't in any way tried to force them into any way of thinking... And they come to you. Mm. They come to you. And I remember saying that to you when you... Because you used to... You would get so upset, didn't you? As mm. I would have done. Mm. I mean, my God, I mean, the thing that really challenged me was before I met you and before I saw the pain of being an absent father, I would have always blindly been on the side of the mother. Mm. Which is just so wrong because something's got to be done about the law because the law is an ass when it comes to it. So many men seem to be... Guilty until proven innocent in all sort of custody situations. I think there's a, I think there's a socially, there's a social assumption that men can't feel as strong a paternal instinct as women feel a maternal instinct, mm. and I think that there are many circumstances where you can always point to evidence where that is the case, mm. but people rarely seem to want to point to or look at the instances where it's not the case, and actually. The paternal instinct is as strong. Yeah, as the and I saw that. I saw your heart broken every single day because of the distance from your children in exactly the same way as I would have felt it if my child had been yeah. taken from me yeah. or had been not taken because she wasn't taken, but if no. I were estranged no. from my child. Mm. So, I mean, just, just living with the pain of that, of the grief, it's kind of like living with somebody who's always grieving for somebody that's dead, died. Mm. It's a bit like that. So, and like you say, then, then when they were here, there wasn't like, you would still be sad because you were thinking about them having to go. Mm. So there was a lot of sadness. Yeah. But I think we hid it well from the girls, and I think that a lot of the time they had a really good time. I would say that I think one of the unfortunate byproducts of, and I do feel a step-parent, part three, may have to come. Yeah, because I because, don't think we can raise no. to, to and, and teenagers. And also, also, I also think that um, the whole teenage years... With the step with your stepchildren, my children, is quite a significant one. You know what happens in those teenage years, yeah. and what happened particularly in our instance yeah. in our teenage years. And very, I know both of my oldest difficult. girls will be happy for me to talk about that because it's something that's quite fresh in all of our minds. Mm. But um, well, should we should we stop now and let's ask us some, let's answer some of the questions. Well, one of the questions Kate Kirkham also asks. She asks quite a few, and one of them is about support for stepmoms. And dynamics between kids over the years, but I think we'll park dynamics over, between the kids over the years into, into the next mm. one. But she did ask, which I thought was interesting, how different do we think it would have been if the kids were boys? Mm. It's a tricky one, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, I suppose one can't entertain it because we haven't got. I mean, it's very odd. Isn't it? Well, the thing is, uh, we've just not, no, we just haven't been surrounded. By, I, okay, no, I think like, obviously we couldn't know because there would be different characters. But I would hope that I would have done the same thing, which is to befriend them, not to try and be their mother, mm. to try and always see 
from their POV, get myself literally down on their knees, looking up at all these people, all these grown-ups, blah, 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 making decisions, having mm. arguments, da, 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 and try and see it through their eyes and, and, and feel their bewilderment. And I, I think that's the same whether it's a boy or a girl. It's a really interesting question, because as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I think I might have been able to help a lot more with a boy in a weird way, mm. directly. Because well, maybe I, the mums would have wanted you to do more boy stuff. Well, maybe, but also I think... Having been a boy from a broken home, mm. not knowing, you know, who my father was and seeing countless relationships pass by. I, I mean, obviously I can impart that to my daughters because I don't distinguish in huge gender terms. Mm. But I think a boy, it would have been interesting to, sit, to, 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 have, to have seen how I could have, I would have really turned to the specifics of my childhood, how I turned to sport as a child, mm. the games I played, oh, the things I was into. The whole time. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I, it, it would have been, in, yeah, interesting. Whether, whether they might have felt more supported by me, I don't know. It's a good question, though. It is a good Let's question. Let's hope we live long enough to be grandparents. And Yasmin, have a grandson. Yasmin Asghari was inferring in her comment, who found it the toughest out of all of us, do you think? Do you think the kids found it tough, or do you think we found it tough? Oh, that's very difficult. I think always the child. Mm. Always hardest for the child. Mm. I would say that the anxiety of Izzy was sown in those years of moving between two different households. Mm. I, I'm not speaking in the same way for Fleur, because I'm not necessarily certain that Fleur feels, feels the same in that, in that sense. But I know Fleur certainly felt the difficulty of that crossing the threshold of two very different homes. Um, and why it's harder for the child, even though it was very, very tough for all adults concerned, is everyone else is making decisions mm, about them mm. without... And they are always living with the fear that if they say the wrong thing, then they can upset all mm. the grown-ups because the grown-ups look upset a lot. So, yeah, let's just always try and remember as step-parents that however hard it is for us, however much sometimes we want to scream, shout, go crazy, it's always more complicated for them. Do you wish you'd had other step around you to chat, chat about it with or have support from? Could you have done with the mm. support network? Do you think there should be a 12-step programme for step-parents? Hmm. 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 I don't think so. I think I didn't overthink it. I just mm. went with my instinct the whole time. I think you're right. I think the fact that you're very in the now and yeah. off the now all the time really helped everyone. Yeah, I do, actually. I've only thought, thought about yeah. that today. I mean, this is why these podcasts are so useful for us. Because <laughs> it makes us think. Exactly. About where we're at. So now I'm going to have to go away and I'm going to have to repair her iCloud, her iTunes and her iLibrary. We didn't explain at the beginning what happened. Oh, she dropped her phone and it yeah, had to be Yeah, and it re- took us ages restored. to get set up to do so, this. Anyway. So please keep your comments coming. Yeah, we do read do. them all. Uh, um, it's funny, I found that quite tiring. It is it's very quite emotional. It's quite emotional, isn't it? I feel really tired. I'm now. going to say something really... Sort of, I don't want it to be taken the wrong way, but if I go all the way back to what happened in the past with the girls I get really nervous reviewing it because I am reviewing it with sobriety Mm. I'm reviewing it with clarity and I'm reviewing it knowing Izzy and Fleur as they are now and Maddie and Kiki as they are now and as I start to examine with a microscope what was going on then I go like that and I sort of think oh my god how many mistakes did I make how many ways did I put pressure on them how much did I not take into account how much did I not consider you know what you know what as much as any good parent, 
Because yeah. good parents, when they look back, look at all and wish for all the things they could they have done it. better. Yeah. That's a good parent. All right. <laughs> so, uh, ditto. Hope so. Well, let us know if we High should five. do another one. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this we'd love it if you left an honest review and rating and uh, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode